Well, uh, I hope it's going better than this podcast so far, actually. What, um, I, I, I guess we should explain to everybody that we're having a little bit of technical difficulties because we're doing this in a different situation. Everything, and, and of course, we're not, uh, we're not any different than anybody else because every li- everybody's lives have been turned upside down. Everybody's being told to stay in and, and, and try to do things uh, you know, in, in a different way. And, of course, we're, we're doing the same thing here. Lauren and I are here in Florida. We came down. Uh, we came down this past Monday to uh, Orlando first, and we did um, we did the Monday Night Raw show, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But then uh, after that, we we spent the night in Orlando, and Lauren's uh, uh, son or our son Peyton is with us, and Lauren's mom came down too because it's spring break. And everybody was, uh, you know, real antsy to go and do something. And so, anyway, we came on down after Raw. We came down to our condo in Fort Myers. And it was crazy because when we got here on Tuesday, everything in everything in Florida, even though we were hearing about all of the other places, especially out in California and New York, everything being completely shut down. But here in Florida, at least on Tuesday, everything was normal. Uh you know, all the all the restaurants were open. We went we went over to on Captiva Island uh, and and Sanibel Island, and the beaches were packed. Uh, Fort Myers Beach was packed, and then we went to uh, two of our favorite restaurants that afternoon, and then then that night. So everything was normal Tuesday, and then Wednesday, which was um, uh, let's see, I can't remember Wednesday morning. You know, the the news started getting a little more. A little more bleak around, even around the Florida area. And finally, of course, today, like you said, is Friday. Last night, and so today's the first day. But last night, the governor came on and said all beaches are closed. And I'm sure a lot of people saw the uh, the news stories from down in Miami of the of the young kids that are down there for spring break, just saying, ah, Corona, Smamona, you know, we're nothing's going to stop us from partying. We're going to get drunk no matter what. And it was just a crazy situation. But uh, then they, they ordered all beaches closed, all bars closed. Uh, restaurants now are closed uh, with the exception of drive through or takeout, that sort of thing. So uh, it's, it's become, you know, it's become a, a, a serious thing here in, uh, in Florida and we may be stuck here for a while. You know, it's just crazy the way this is affecting everything in our lives. Yeah, I mean, this is so just uncharted territory for all of us. You know, there's no one we can look to and ask for advice. No one's ever been through anything like this. Uh, that was interesting what you said about WrestleMania, or not WrestleMania, about just the, the shows and not supposed to have gatherings of over 10 people because we have WrestleMania. It's been announced is going to be over two nights because we need the content right now, honestly, so why not? And then also talk that it may be uh, shot at, like, different locations. If you really look at the way it's booked right now, I mean, if you had it all in one night, uh, what we we would that would be almost forty wrestlers, just wrestlers alone, uh, on the card. So you know that's it's going to have to be it's going to be have to was well, of course it's it's so that's that's what they're saying it's so big it's going to have to be spread over two nights and and that is that is the truth there's going to be so many wrestlers involved that in this day and time you're not going to be able to do it uh in one location in one night yeah 
Um, it's it's really crazy. You know, there's talk that maybe there'll be some different locations used and not just the performance center because, uh, you know, that's another way to spread people out. But, uh, oh, you know, just it stinks to me because I was just really excited for this year's Mania. I really thought we had a strong one. I went, we're going to see the matches, but I really wanted to see like a stadium respond to Drew McIntyre, you know, rising up the ranks or, or the Fiend having an entrance at a stadium. But we will survive and we'll see what a, uh, a WrestleMania under these circumstances look like. I don't think anyone's going to blame them or think that this hurts the aura of WrestleMania because clearly we are just in a situation unlike anything that anyone has ever seen in their lives. Right. And, and the other thing is, uh, who knows as far as uh, fan participation and viewing and that sort of thing. I mean, last week, Monday Night Raw did the best rating, uh, the best rating that it had done almost all year long. And, uh, you know, there was only one live match on the show. Here, here's the other thing. I mean, the fans are the fans are stuck just like we are. You know, they're they're stuck at home, so they're the only way that they're going to be able to see things is is on television as well. So this may wind up being a a huge viewing audience for WrestleMania, more so than you know, more so than I mean, it'll actually have really basically no competition uh, on on television. So uh, I mean, uh, as far as anything being as far as anything being live, any kind of sporting event being live, there'll be no no competition for WrestleMania this year. No sports and even, you know, TV shows are shutting down. We can't go to the movies. Uh, there's a lot of streaming and, and playing video games going on, I think, amongst the, the younger people right now. Because there's just, oh, it's, it, it's weird. We're just, we're just all trying to figure this out day by day, like you mentioned. How, every, you know, every day down in Florida, it's, it's been dramatically different. And we just keep waking up and seeing what each day has in store for us, I guess. Yeah, you're right, and and you know it's uh, there's uh, little hints every now and then of good news. I mean, I'm, I do understand too in reading and and looking at this thing that we're probably still more uh, towards the beginning than we are towards the end, and that you know things will probably get worse before they get better. But uh, you know, there's some good, basically some good news out of China in the fact that. I think they've gone like two days now with no new reports of, uh, you know, of the coronavirus there. Uh, something out of Japan uh, with about some some sort of a, a vaccine or some sort of medicine that uh, they're saying works is being shown to work well against the coronavirus. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's like you said, and then all of a sudden, I mean, there was I just saw a thing out of the, our local uh, our, our, my local news out of, out of Memphis and, and out of Tennessee. And it said that out of 19 cases, uh, like 14 of those people have, uh, recovered. So, you know, it's, it's not, that's the other thing. It's not like the, the death sentence that, that everybody was fearing that it was, you know, a lot of people are going to get this. And, and just get either mildly sick or sick or whatever. And, I, you know, I always said the greatest news ever is if Tom Hanks gets completely well. And I check in on Tom Hanks every day through his, um, you know, through his Twitter account. And he and his wife, of course, tested positive, but they're both doing, uh, you know, they're both doing fine. Tom Hanks says that, you know, the main thing is he still feels blah 
just kind of tired and that sort of thing, but nothing, uh, you know, they haven't had any of the uh, pneumonia or cold symptoms or anything like that. So it's going to affect people different ways. And, and, and as we've heard, you know, the, the older people are more susceptible and the old, especially the older people that have uh, already have under, you know, some underlying or other kind of illness and, or have one one thing I heard, and this would be enough to make anybody, I would think, uh, never even think about smoking again. But, you know, this, this thing attacks your lungs first. And, uh, and they say that, you know, anybody that smoked or has smoked it, you know, it, it will be a lot worse on them. And so that, you know, I, I that I've always, that was another time that I just said, man, thank God I've never, never smoked a cigarette in my life, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm worried about this for a lot of other people, but I, I, I don't feel worried about it for myself. We're, we're kind of, you know, we're here in my condo. We got our swimming pool right outside. It was beautiful weather down here. It's 90 degrees yesterday. And, uh, uh, so, you know, it's, there's a, a lot of worse places to be, uh, quarantined right now. Yeah. That sounds a lot more fun than, uh, Chicago. It's about 40 and raining. So, yeah. uh, no I'll give you the edge there. Um, Tell us about Monday Night Raw. Like I was saying, you found yourself in a situation somehow after all these years, unlike any that you had been in before. You were uh, announcing and performing in an empty arena as far as fans go. Well, actually, I guess that isn't unlike anything for you before. You did do that with Terry Funk. But as far as doing the full show. I did do that with Terry Funk. And you know what? Um uh, it made me think I have had some people, I did a couple of radio interviews since then. And some people asked me, had you ever done anything like this before? And what do you think it felt like to the different, to the wrestlers and that sort of thing? And I, I'll be honest with you. I, it made me hearken back to the time that, that Terry Funk and I did our match in Memphis. And of course, I, I think we talked about this before where, you know, Terry Funk was coming in and we were, we had, we had worked together several different shows, almost sold out every single week. Terry Funk was just an awesome draw for us there in Memphis. And um, so, you know, I, I really wish I could remember whose idea it was. Probably Jerry Jarrett's, but maybe even Terry Funk's. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think if it were my idea totally, I would probably remember it, but I, I don't. But anyway, somehow the idea came up for Terry and I to prolong our, our uh, program there by him coming on TV and with, with a note in his hand and he came out there with Lance Russell and he said, let me tell you something, Lance. He said, I've been coming to this stinking hell hole of Memphis, Tennessee every single week. And every single week, somehow I get screwed by Lawler. But to be honest with you, it's not just Lawler. It's just this whole city of Memphis. He said, Lawler's got this whole city in his back pocket. He said, every time I, he said, I mean, when I step off the plane in Memphis and I go to get a taxi cab over to the Coliseum, the, as soon as the cab driver recognizes that it's me, he all of a sudden drives me all over town and charges me about a hundred bucks, uh, you know, for a cab ride to the Coliseum. And he said, when I go out to the ring, uh, all the fans, of course, are for Lawler. He said, you, Lance Russell, you're always for Lawler. The referees, Lawler's got the referees in his pocket. Even the, even the security, the police in this town uh, are, are all against me. He said, so I, here's my idea. I just want to get Lawler one-on-one 
where he has no outside help. He has no fans to be in his in his corner. He has no referee that he had in his pocket, no security guards to help him. He said, I just want Lawler, if he's got the guts to meet me. And he said, here on this piece of paper is a time and a place. He said, you give this to Lawler. And he said, I don't want anybody there but you, Lance Russell, a cameraman, and Lawler. So he hands Lance the note. And the, so that the people knew it was going to happen. They just didn't know when or where. So we went to the Mid-South Coliseum, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a, on a Monday. The whole, the whole place was set up already, you know, for Monday night. Uh, and with the ring in the middle of the Coliseum, 11,500 empty seats. And, uh, you know, we, we, Terry and I came together and we had, we had a match and I'll, uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I just remember how, uh, I don't even know, weird or how unusual uh, to me at the time I said, Oh my gosh, it feels so stupid. I, I just felt, it just felt dumb being out there throwing each other into a bunch of empty chairs or so anyway, we, that was of course when, uh, the match where Terry grabbed the wooden steps that we use to go, to go up into the ring, threw them down and busted a piece off that looked like sharp, like a knife. And he came in the ring and tried to stab me with it. And then I wound up kicking his arm. And he, of course, that thing stuck into Terry's eye. His eyes started bleeding and he started screaming that his, he was blinded. And then my eye, Lance, my eye. And, and uh, that, then I just sort of left the ring and, and that's the way it was left, you know, where, where, uh, of course we didn't have a referee to stop the match anyway, but, uh, uh, then of course, Terry's holding his bloody eye and, and all that sort of stuff, but actually doing the match just felt so surreal. You know, I, I mean, I can't, it wasn't something that you enjoy. And so that's what I noticed, you know, Monday night when we had, um, uh, you know, Ray Mysterio and yeah, Ray Mysterio and Andrade in their match. I really felt for those guys because I mean, even though they they put on a heck of a match, they did as I mean as good as possible. If the place had been packed, the people would have been going crazy. And uh, but it was just it was empty, and so it was total silence, you know. And I think you know they they did put uh, uh, they put Oscar out there to help with the commentary and just to try to help make some noise and and keep keep things as as uh, uh, loud as possible during the match where it just wouldn't be silence, you know, so that, that helped a lot, but it, it was, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's a tough go. And I felt sorry for Ray and Andrade and, and Zelina and all of them, but uh, they, they, you know, they, they still did great, but it was, um, it was a whole unusual experience. Uh, we got, when I, when I got there to the arena, uh, it was almost like a, Fort Knox situation, you know, they had everything closed down and, um, there were security guards that met you there and, and, uh, out in the parking lot, basically I came up in an Uber in the parking lot and they escorted me up to the front door. And I didn't, I didn't get there till probably about, oh, two thirty or something in the afternoon. Of course, everybody had already been there before me, uh, and so anyway, they, they, you know, they stuck a thing in your ear to take your temperature and mine was 98.6, which I think that's about perfect or something. But anyway, they said, okay, you're cool. And I went inside and, you know, everybody was, I mean, the whole place had been, um, 
I don't know, just kind of re, uh, refurbished or whatever to, for that particular situation to where, you know, you would have, uh, wrestlers and, and all the camera crew people and all of those people that were there. I've been, you know, I've been down to the performance center a ton of times because that's where we would always go to record the two, two the two K games, uh, the voiceovers for the two K games. And, um, so, you know, I know what it was like what it was usually like and they just had everything rearranged for the you know for the show <clears throat> so um yeah, they they sort of had it where everybody was kind of kept kept apart or away from each other i never even went to catering i just kind of hung out in talent relations and um you know I, and then of course we went around and and kind of did some rehearsals just kind of look at you know what where people was you know where things were going to be and of course, I, you know, talked to Mark the Undertaker and talked to Steve Austin a lot and to uh, Vince. I was sort of surprised that Vince was there, but Vince was there. And, you know, it was just it was like a, a regular Monday Night Raw. They just had people kind of go through the motions of where, you know, because it was so different in the fact where the cameramen were going to be and how things were going to be staged. And so um, so that's that's just the, basically the way it went. You know, we, we did our. Um, we did what everybody saw. We did the, the little contract signing. Well, of course, when, once the show started, you know, uh, Tom and, and Byron and myself were standing in the middle of the ring talking about, you know, what was going to be on the show that night. And then we, of course, went back to our commentary desk. And then the show started with showing the whole, you know, 2000 or 2020 Royal Rumble match which I didn't remember it lasting so long. I mean, it lasted like 10 or 11, maybe 11 segments of the show. And the commercials you know, really had... stretched it out extra. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly. So anyway, that, uh, that took up a lot of the, a lot of the show, but at least half of the show was with that, you know, and then of course we had the, we had the edge promo and which was awesome. It was really, really good. And then we had also the Undertaker uh, signing and then the match. And then uh, the Stone Cold segment, which I thought was uh, good as well. Uh, you know, it was uh, me and Tom were sitting back there just dying laughing about poor Byron. <laughs> I don't know what happened with those Stone Cold Stunner kicks to get the <laughs> started. But, I mean, every one of them were a little below the belt there, it looked like. Uh, and, of course... To me and to me and Tom, that was really funny. I don't know if it was very funny to Byron, but I did. I did see it. Byron's a funny guy. I really love him. Uh, I don't know if anybody follows him on Twitter, but did you happen to see Sean the the little tweet he put out yesterday? I did not. I noticed the kicks, but what was the tweet? Well, the tweet was him. Uh, it was really unusual for Byron because you know he's so laid back and quiet and that sort of thing. But uh, it, it, all of a sudden, Byron comes walking out and he's got a He's holding a bag of ice down between his legs, right? And he's standing there, of course, in his suit. And then all of a sudden, the song starts playing. And Byron starts pantomiming to this song. And the next thing you know, he drops the bag of ice. And he gets a little more and more animated. And, man, finally, he's just really rocking out to this as he's singing this song. And he's dancing like crazy, which is, that, that was another thing that was so unusual to see Byron doing this. So you just have to go and look at his tweet. But anyway, then he, he does a thing where he almost does the splits 
on this dance move. And then he goes, oh, oh, oh. And then he reaches over and he picks the ice up and puts it back on and walks off the walks off this camera, you know, shot. But it's it's a funny tweet. But anyway, we had a good time with Byron about that. And of course, he was he had no idea that he was going to wound in the day. He had no idea he was going to wound up getting drowned with beer. So we, Byron had a real nice suit. He was so proud of his red socks and and the, the way he was dressed. And then of course the judges all got ruined with the beer bath. Yeah, that was that was uh, entertaining. And then we had uh, Becky. And then after the show, the uh, street profits all got involved. There was a lot of beer spilled in that uh, yes, in that ring. <laughs> I was glad I was not down at the ring on, on that part, um, um, but. We did get to talk to Byron a little bit afterwards, and he just reeked of uh, of the alcohol, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was getting it spilled on him, everything. Um, what was that like for you then, personally, announcing that Ray Andrade match with no one there except the production team? Well, you know what? It was um, it, it, different, of course. But the main thing was, um, I was I was having to be try to be more concerned with what, the camera shots that were coming happening uh, because they kept cutting away to to uh, Oscar, and I was in some of those shots. But anyway, it was like I was trying to uh, concentrate more on Oscar and her, um, you know, and her commentary than I was on the match. And Oscar was, you know, I was I was actually looking at her more than I was the match. And of course, she was ranting and raving and being against Rey Mysterio. And I was just trying to interpret or at least make everybody believe that I knew exactly what she was saying. So I was just saying, "Oh, I agree one hundred percent. I concur. I concur. You're exactly right on that." And and then I, I think I said one time she had, she went out for this big tirade, and then at the end I said. Uh, Byron, she said your suit look your suit looks cheap, and so anyway, we just uh, I, I, so I I you know I left the calling of the match mostly to Byron and Tom, and I concentrated mostly on Oscar. And and actually, if you look online and the, the internet, like she was the hit of the show. Everybody seemed to really love Oscar on commentary. I was going to say people really enjoyed uh, you and Oscar and you translating. That might have to be something that happens more than once if we uh, can get back to normal. Yeah, that would that would be that would be awesome. Uh, I could I could imagine sitting and doing a uh, just a little sit down interview with her, and of course, you know, it would be it would have to be that the people would think that I knew what she was saying, and then of course I would just interpret it into a whole hilarious, funny, or or say scathing interview or promo about somebody else and saying, you know, just putting it into, into my words, but actually everybody would know I had no clue what Oscar was really saying, you know, but we could, you could do some funny stuff with that, except the Japanese audience, of course, wouldn't know that I was an idiot out there. <laughs> Unless <laughs> that's, that's not what she's saying at all. Maybe if you had it, so she did say it, then they would think you speak Japanese too. Well, yeah, that would be good too. You're right. <laughs> yeah, if she if she would tell me what she was actually saying beforehand. Uh, but it's, I mean, it, 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 to me, it's it's fairly difficult. She's really working hard and doing a lot better. But I mean, you know, I I think when Oscar started, she just spoke very very limited English, and uh, she's doing better. But it's 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 still pretty. It's kind of difficult to communicate with her. The other main thing from Raw 
was that perhaps uh, perhaps a hint of the American badass Undertaker that we saw for a little bit there? I don't know. He kind of he did use the the traditional Undertaker music, but uh, the way he was looking was kind of like the motorcycle Undertaker. Yeah, it was, and I, I just I just think that that was. Uh... Oh gosh, I, I think that that was to to give the image that this was, you know, I, I said before um, about what AJ Styles said about the Undertaker and his wife and their personal life and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I said, you know, there's there's a line that he, he called it. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag, but I called it, you know, crossing the line that that we really shouldn't cross because, uh, and so. When you know when you when you talk about somebody's wife and your personal life and throw in your your thoughts about why the Undertaker uh, is you know that saying that the only reason the Undertaker continues to wrestle is that his wife spends so much money that he has to go out to support her spending habits and I mean you know that's that's like I said that's crossing the line and that's why I believe that we saw that we didn't see the the working undertaker, if you know what I mean, we didn't see the undertaker that you would ordinarily see if it was just a regular wrestling promo or something. I mean, I thought this was like, this was like the real guy that's pissed off. And, uh, you know, I think Memphis fans kind of old school fans appreciate when a feud becomes personal like this. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we've all, Talked about that many times. Jerry Jarrett and I used to have a sign up in the office that said personal issues draw money. And we always tried to um, sometimes, they, you know, sometimes they were just naturally there. And if, if there was any, even any hint of a, of, of a real personal issue between two wrestlers, you would the promoter. That's that that's the one of the talents that successful promoters have is just to try to find some kind of thing and bring it to the surface, some kind of personal issue between two, two, uh, wrestlers. And, and so this is, um, you're right that, that because the people can tell when something is really personal and that's all they care about. You know, if you, rather than just a, a match of some kind of guys going out there and going through the motions of doing a bunch of spots and, you know, flips and flops and that sort of thing. When, when people get down to where they believe that two guys are really, mad at each other or really want to kick each other's rear ends. That's, you know, that's when you have the attention of the people. And that's what in our business, that's what draws, draws fans into the audience, draws money into the, into the house. Yeah. I mean, like, is it fair to say that if you and Bill Dundee and your personal lives were, you know, best friends like you and Jerry Calhoun or whatever, it wouldn't have translated as well onto the screen when you were feuding? Oh no, we that would have never been. <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, that was the, a real issue between between Bill and I for our entire lives. You know, we just sometimes, I mean, the work was, the work was uh, behind the scenes where we sort of pretended like we liked each other, <laughs> but we really, we really never did, you know? And so that's, and the people could tell that. So uh, that's, that's where I think, that's what I think they're looking at here with, with uh, the undertaker and AJ. All right. Well, All right. Um, we have WrestleMania over two nights, possibly at various locations, depending on what you hear. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't know if you, we, we had NXT was just kind of a, a pre-taped show. Uh, we do have Rob Gronkowski tonight on SmackDown. So by the time everybody's listening, they'll know what happened with him. And, uh, you know, they have announced Raw again, I think, at the Performance Center Monday. And uh, AEW did a weird thing with their show where they kept saying instead of next week, they just advertise stuff for the next Dynamite, almost like they're thinking they're not going to be able to do a show next week. So as we said at the beginning, I guess we're just kind of figuring this out together every day. But I still don't know exactly what, you know, what we're uh, what we're talking about, other than the fact that WrestleMania is going to be two nights and and. You know, we're just we're just stay tuned because, like you said, you've heard and and I heard a little bit about it that it may come from two different locations. Uh, uh, who knows? It's going to be it's going to be an exciting uh, the rest of this month to find out what what exactly is going to happen. I'll take whatever I can get. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm seeing a lot of arguing about this online as usual, but it's it's something to watch, which we need right now. Well, I've also seen a lot of the WWE talent. Uh, a lot of the superstars are doing what they're being asked to do, kind of self-quarantining, and and they're on you know social media, they're on their Twitter accounts, they're on their Instagram accounts, and they're staying in touch with the fans and the WWE universe, and that's always cool um, to do that. I, we were we were out at the pool last night, and Lauren was going through her phone. She said, "Oh, look at this!" And it was it was a um, oh gosh. I can't think of what what his name is. She follows all the country music stars. But anyway, one of the country music stars was just uh, all of a sudden he came up live on Facebook and he said, hey, I'm I'm here and uh, my wife and I are, you know, we're kind of quarantined in the house and all our concerts are canceled. So if anybody's got any requests, I'm going to go live here. Just start oh, sending wow. in your oh, requests. Wow. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sing some songs for everybody out there. So uh, so sure enough, it, boom! It just blew up his Facebook thing, and uh, he he just he just sat there with his wife filming him, and he started singing some songs. And then all of a sudden, I guess one of the songs was a duet between him and Carrie Underwood. So he said, "Well, let me see. I guess I'd have to see if I could get her on the phone." So he pulls her up on Skype on this computer, and she was just sitting at home as well. And and the next thing you know. He and her are doing a duet on his Facebook Live thing, you know. So I think you'll probably be seeing a lot of the superstars do some more things like that. I'm even going to try to do it. I've I've done it. I've gone live on Facebook once, I think, and on Instagram once. But uh, this this in the next few days, be on the lookout because I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. Um, I can't I can't do it on Facebook because, as we said, uh, my my Facebook is down right now. It got disabled. Thanks you thank you Facebook people or whoever called in and said that I was impersonating a celebrity. <laughs> but anyway, I'll I'll probably do it on Instagram, which is uh, if anybody doesn't know, it's real Jerry Lawler on Instagram. So we'll probably be doing some live stuff on there pretty soon. Very cool. Yeah, I think we will see some of that stuff from uh, the, the the wrestlers and superstars and. I think we'll be seeing a lot of things like what you described. That sounds really cool last night. Um, we're probably going to see a lot of that, especially if, if this is something that drags on for a while and everybody's really just inside. Even celebrities get bored. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Every, and like you said, everybody, everybody is stuck inside. And I have a friend, um, well, several friends, but one of my friend, one good friend out in California, the guy that's my agent, Mike Dacey, he, um, he calls me on probably about four or five times a day. And he said, it's just horrible out in California. 
they're, it's, they're, they're even talking about doing martial law out there. They want everybody to stay inside and they're talking about how many, you know, people, uh, that could be affected out there. So, um, yeah, that's a, a lot of the big stars are inside, and that's why I was gonna. That's uh, I, that's why I'm hoping that Tom Hanks gets better. That would make the world feel a lot more at ease if if Tom Hanks and his wife come out and finally say, "Hey, we're over this. We're through the thing, and there, and we we survived, and everything's okay." Uh, we'll do a little celebration uh, on the show if that happens, like an old first family yeah. celebration. Exactly. Uh, well, what well, I'm talking, about, Sean. <laughs> We shall see. Anything we missed today? Huh. Well, I can tell you that I got up early this morning and went out at about 7.30 and went up to Publix, which now they've changed. The Publix is the local grocery chain down there, and they've changed their hours. They open at 8 and close at 8 p.m., and I drove by there at 7, well, about 7.45, and I just stopped and started counting and there were over 150, 150 people standing in line waiting for the store to open with their little baskets there, you know. And so I said, well, I'm not going to do that. That's, to me, that's more dangerous. You stand around 150 people, uh, you know, waiting to get into a store. So went on past there, and I went uh, over not too far over to Target. And the Target had just opened at like 8 o'clock, and I just got there. Well, they, I guess they opened a little before 8 but anyway, I went into went into the Target and uh, they were having a little run on stuff. But they still, you know, they had they had the paper products, they had toilet paper, and they had paper towels. And they were, you know, they were they were kind of rationing it out. You know, you could only buy one big bundle of paper towels with about twenty four rolls of paper towels in it, which is, who would need more than that at one time? Um, uh, you know, and and they they still had all the the. Oh gosh, sanitizing wipes and all that stuff. So you might check Target early in the morning if you're low on this stuff. That's good advice because that is some some valuable stuff you got your hands on there. Yeah, and they had all their grocery department was cool. They, they had everything in there, you know. So uh, I, I think you know sometimes it's some guy was telling me that um, you know everybody's trying to look for the masks and and all of those things and and apparently. Home Depot or Lowe's has has some now that they're opening up that they're mo- opening up to the public that most people, you know, they use them on construction sites, that sort of thing. And most people don't wouldn't think about looking at those places for a mask, but apparently they're available there. OK, people are getting good advice at the show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is some helpful, helpful advice. People would pay for this. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this is just uh I don't know what to say. It's just an interesting time, and we'll we'll keep just as I keep saying, we'll keep figuring it out every day, um, and we'll be back next week. Yes, we will, and I'm sure there'll be some more updates on because, like, it's like they told me at WWE, things keep changing on a daily or actually hourly basis. So, you know what we've said today, hey, may may not even. Uh, by the time this, by the time you hear this, it may be already changed. But uh, we will, we will do our best to keep you updated exactly what is going to happen to, with WrestleMania, which is as they said, you know, too big for one night. So we're gonna, we're gonna see exactly what that, what that means and how that goes down. We'll keep you updated right here on the show. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, hopefully we helped out a little bit. We'll be back next where, week. Where are you, right, Sean? Where, I mean, where? How's what's your quarantine situation like? 
Quarantine is uh, computer, TV, PS4. Pretty much everything I need with food. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I know I saw my buddy Joe Thomas, who used to play for the Cleveland Browns. He's, uh, he's a cool on Twitter. And he said, who would have thought that 20 years ago that you could say, just laying in front of your TV and or, or sitting on your couch constantly and watching TV could save your life. It's we, to, I'm having to reprogram my brain to accept that. Yeah, I know it. That's true. It's like I have to tell but myself, like, no, that, sitting that, here that, watching this TV uh, show or playing this video game, you are doing a good thing for the entire population. Yeah, exactly. I found out lazy. yesterday I didn't, I didn't realize down here at our condo we have Xfinity uh, Internet service and Xfinity TV. But uh, to avoid, I don't know how long ago, I, we, we, didn't, we weren't being able to come down here very often. So I cut back on my, my TV uh, package uh, to kind of save a few bucks. And then I'm getting down here now, and we just got limited TV. We don't even have a good news stations, no sports stations, which, of course, that doesn't really matter right now. But uh, I did fa- find yesterday, I didn't even realize it, that we have what used to be Cinemax is now called Hits. And it's got a ton of movies that you just go and watch for free uh, on demand. And uh, and it said movies from A to Z. So I just started watching, uh, you know, going down the list and seeing what was on. And the, all of a sudden, I saw they have all the Universal monster movies on there. Ooh. Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Bride of Frankenstein, House of Frankenstein, Curse of Dracula. All this time, I'm going, oh, my gosh. I could, I could sit for months. So sure enough, yesterday, I watched Bride of Frankenstein in the afternoon, the whole, the whole movie. And then the, uh, after that, last night, I watched uh, – I, I, I don't even remember seeing this before, but I think it was called House of Frankenstein – where it had Boris Karloff, who originally pay, played the Frankenstein monster. Uh, he was like an old sort of a scientist guy who, uh, who came across Dracula uh, and, and pulled him up out of his coffin. And then, and then he got destroyed by daylight a little bit later on. Then all of a sudden he comes across the original Wolfman, who was uh, Lon Chaney, uh, yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, and so he's in there, and then um, and Peter Cushing was the Dracula. So it was like have all the old monsters all in one place. And then of course he came, he got to Castle Frankenstein, and he revived. And, and somehow I don't know if we left or something. So I didn't get to see who exactly was the uh, the Frankenstein in that movie. I think maybe it was a guy named Glenn Strange. Uh, but, uh, it, to have, to have the Wolfman and, and, and Frankenstein and all these people in one movie was cool. So I got, I got from, and then last night we watched, we started at number one, we watched airport, not airplane, but airport. You ever hear of that movie? I have, well, I, it, it's what airplane is kind of based on, right? It's like an action yeah, exactly. suspense movie. It's exactly what Airplane was based on. And I don't remember ever watching Airport, but Lauren's mom said that it was one of her all-time favorites. So we wound up watching that last night. And it was like, I I couldn't help but laugh all the way through it because all I'm thinking of is, oh, my gosh, there's where they got the airplane scene. Oh, there's the the nun slapping the woman and everything. It was all all these great scenes were actually in that original uh, Airport movie. But it was a serious, you know, it was a serious movie about a plane that was a 
kind of hijacked or a guy was uh, trying to commit suicide on the plane, wound up blowing a hole in the plane. But anyway, it was, it was so, so, so far we got, we're just still in the A's and I got tons of movies to watch down here. So you're right. We're, 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 we're okay. And we just went through a drive through at McDonald's. It's open. Uh, all is right in the world with me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. I think that's a good way to uh, leave it on a good positive note there. And, uh, We'll be back next week, everyone. Thanks for listening.